All right, everybody, I'd like to welcome you to episode two of the BAMcast. That is for Brian Augustine, Amanda Michaels, and Michael Martin. We had some technical difficulties, so we're going to skip past. We did talk about Star Wars, but we'll get to that another time. But uh, we're going to go ahead and launch into our discussion about Daredevil that launched last week. So, also a big week for television and for superheroes on television. Uh, was it last Friday, uh, Daredevil... Uh, Daredevil went up. Yeah, Daredevil went up on Friday. Um, so a whole lot of sick days happening. A lot of people taking <laughs> off to uh, make sure they take advantage of Daredevil Day. Uh, the glories of the freelance life. I think I, it took me a whole three days to watch all 13. Rub it in. I'm only like But you guys are gainfully employed. Well, yeah, but I'm gainfully employed. I also have ADD, so binge watching for me is like the first three episodes twice because my channel changed 50 times during the first one and I missed something. <laughs> It's awful. Yeah, it's the problem. I try not to have my phone or anything around because I'll tend to want to grab it and start flicking Ooh, with it. And everything. Kitty. Like, oh, aren't you? Oh, shiny. Shiny yeah. objects. It's awful. I was like, oh, I'm in the middle of really being interested in Daredevil. I wonder what Facebook has to say about what I'm watching right now. God, or, I'm who idiot. is that actress? Let me go to IMDb and see if mm-hmm. I can figure this out because that you looks like You can wind it. You can wind it back. You can yeah, well, that's what back. I have to do, and that's why binge watching yeah. is twice as long for me because then I screwed something up or I fell asleep and then I have to watch an episode three different times. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm only three episodes in because I watched them all twice. Wow. And the actress that I loved in the first episode is Deborah Ann Wall. She's the baby vampire from True Blood, which I loved her. So it was kind of cool to see her in that first episode. She was she was terrific. I, in fact, the entire yeah. cast I think was terrific mm-hmm. in yeah. general. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people really liked the guy who's playing Foggy. So like I heard a lot of people that. really didn't, but uh, really, I've, I've, by the third or fourth episode, I was completely sold. The guy was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I just seemed like he was dead on. And I'm still, I had two episodes left, um, you know, so trying to do everything and, and catch him in between. So, but we're looking forward to the last two. The, the development of Wilson Fisk is absolutely phenomenal. Well, Vincent D'Onofrio, obviously long established, one of the, probably the only really very well-known actor in the cast. And he he's is a great actor. amazing. Yeah. I but, have no idea how much he's in, but he's awesome. He, uh, well, I mean, in addition to the writing, much of which uh, owes a lot to the Miller, the Miller runs um, on Daredevil, um, but they found different things about the character. I don't think he's quite as fleshed out in the comic as as they've done here. So between the writing and the acting, and we won't, for spoilers' sake, go too deep into it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, Fisk, otherwise known as the Kingpin. Yeah, the Kingpin. Yeah. Well, I don't think they ever used that term. But they're, they're alluding to it, you know, the King of Diamonds on the um, on Ben's uh, board and everything. Right, so they're, right. They're oh, exactly right, yes. They need to stay with alluding to because if they actually call him Kingpin, I'm no, going to think of that movie and it's going to just become a that's joke. That's right, suddenly have Randy Quaid in a, in a mullet <laughs> bowling. Big urn. You're going to have yeah. Big Urn coming out there. Bowling. Yeah, no bowling. Let's, let's keep the references. I'm so. not even sure it would have fit the tone. Um but having seen all of it, without again, without getting into spoilers, um, a really great job all the way around. Charlie Cox, the um, young British actor who plays Matt Murdock, Daredevil, um, is is uh, well to me he's a discovery. Though I guess he's been in a, quite a number of, of British productions, including at least one Harry Potter. I think I saw when he was a little younger. He is pretty hot. Um, can you give me one spoiler, Brian? Am I going to see him with his shirt off? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know the first couple episodes I saw a couple 
little workout sessions, you know. But you you gotta go for the yeah. ladies here too. It can't be all for the men. No, well, again, I, I will I will just I will out, warn you. Out, that's all I'm saying. I'll warn you that the third nipple is off putting the first time you see it, but I don't care. After a while, it just doesn't matter. I can look past that. I'm an open minded girl. That's just one extra thing I can bite. My only <laughs> my only concern was, gosh, I wish the how does the guy keep his beard like that? It's almost always a third day growth. Yeah. yeah. And the next day, it's always, a, there must be a razor setting for that because gritty. There is. Yes. You need to learn to manscape better. But he's a, well, you know. We can teach you a few new tricks. <laughs> My beard doesn't grow cooperatively, so no. Oh, okay. It can't be trained. It can't be trained to grow where it doesn't. I, I will say the the most impressive. I think it was like episode three, um, the the fight scene that was the one continuous fight scene, um, was yeah. was off the hook. It was so good, and the, what I really like is is they you know you don't often see because you know Bruce Wayne normal dude, um, Tony Stark normal dude, um, Daredevil normal dude, um, and the beating, and then how tired it made him. How, I mean, that whole single shot scene, you could see he was just exhausted, you know, mm -hmm. and it was, and, and I thought, man, that's, that's awesome to see the realism that that goes into and, and the way they're shooting it, the cinematography, everything about that is a really just impressive uh, production. Well, I mean, for, it's a superhero movie, so I mean, you know, realism and drama don't often get it mixed into the same conversation. Yeah. Right. It's There's cool an when it does. awful lot of psychological backstory, yeah. a lot of interesting drama, a lot of tension throughout. Mm -hmm. But the action, every action scene, every fight scene, trumps the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's because um, uh, I think Arrow has the best stuff um, on television for the fight scenes. Um, and, you know, to, to you know, it's, it's not even the same company, so it's not even the same universe. So you can't see it, but, uh, you know. Uh, you want to see a work off, you know, let's watch Stephen Amell and, and Charlie Cox, you know, going at it. I would like to see their characters going at it. And then the ladies could have the bare We're, shirt and chest without, work. Are we still shirt. talking about fighting? Well, you know, sword fighting, maybe. Oh, okay. You know, we can cross streams. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. I, I think I read, I think, yes, <laughs> don't cross the stream. I think I read that the uh, action scenes were, choreographed and specifically shot under the inspiration of um, recent Korean martial arts films. Yeah. yeah. Which move cool. unlike any other yeah. martial mm -hmm. arts films. Yeah, it, it looks it, it does have that kind of, um, you know, I'm not deep into the kung fu movies. No, but I mean the camera, with, uh, yeah. a lot of times the camera is moving in with the kind of it, yeah. impact of the punch. Right, the way they shoot the scene. And the, and the immediate slam cut to the recoil. I mean, it it almost helps it draws you, you feel in. it. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. I like yeah. it. It's really impressive. And we've referenced binge watching, but this is this is a new thing. This is something that Netflix, in a way, invented. Mm -hmm. We talked uh, earlier about House of Cards. I love uh, Kevin Spacey. We're birthday buddies. Hey, July 26th, if you want to get me a gift, Leo. Time, just to, time to save up, too. That's Depending right. on I'm when you're listening to this. You know, If you're just getting around to it and it's July 25th, you better hurry. I accept gifts at all times. I'm sure. Okay. Then that My works birthday itself. is Tribute is always accepted. Tribute uh -huh. always accepted. Anyway, uh, now the other the other state. <laughs> excuse me. The volunteers tribute. Hulu, <laughs> Hulu, Amazon, and a good number of the others are getting into original productions. I don't know 
if either of them have started. Oh, yeah. No, they, they both have uh, shows on. Uh, original? Oh, yeah. Hulu has a number of original shows um, that they have, and some are actually pretty good. Um, and um, uh, Amazon um, is now in the original um, show game as well. I forget what theirs are. But, yeah, everybody has uh, their own originals now. Well, I mean, obviously, Netflix, you know, Orange is the New Black and, and shows like I that. I love that show. That were the original um, binge watching. Mm-hmm. But it literally is changing that and, you know, all the various delivery systems, really changing the way we watch television. We're no longer bound to the chair at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Nor the DVR. More, you more, you more, yeah, even more freedom than, than the days of videotape or DVR. Yeah. I think I know more people who have DVR stuff that they still haven't watched. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I still have VCR cassettes with stuff that I haven't gotten around to watching. Mm -hmm. Um, Something about being able to sit still. Who knows? (laughs) We don't even have a player. Haven't for, um, you know, 20 years, but... So I guess it's good all the old stuff is now but, online yeah. for you to consume that's, as you that's feel. All there. And I don't have to pull that, you know, the, the cassette out from under the table that rocks. So, you know, it's <laughs> still it still works for that. But uh, everything's purpose. So, you know, binge watching the, 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 the wave of right now and wave of certainly the future. Uh, Daredevil on Netflix has uh, almost universally uh, been praised. Yeah. Uh, which is strange, especially for a comic-related thing. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's building the anticipation for the uh, other three shows. I've been hearing more about uh, Jessica Jones, um, the um, um, Matt, uh, or not Matt Smith, but um, uh, Dr. No, Matt Smith is the villain of, of no, the next round. Is no, that it's, what not, you meant? it's not Matt Smith. Matt Smith's actually going to be in Terminator Genesis. Uh, oh. It's um, the other one. David Tennant um, is going to be the Purple Man. Um, Although Jessica they Jones. probably won't refer to him as the, the Purple Grave Man. Ape. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I've never heard of Jessica Jones or anything else, but you you loop in David Tennant, and now I'm interested. Um, so if nothing else, that's great casting. Kill, for, Kilgrave, the, the same character, is a villain from the very first 10 issues of, of Daredevil. So go back to 63 or 64. Um, they've used him a lot since then in other places. Um Jessica Jones is a character from a book that they did for their Marvel Max line about a dozen years back called Alias, right about the same time that uh, the there was TV a TV show, show yeah. called Alias, yeah. different different thing, but former superhero uh, turned you know, private citizen and uh, sort of troubleshooter, like a private eye or something. Oh, okay. And the, uh, through the Avengers, through, I think Bendis created her, Brian Michael Bendis created her for that comic Alias, yep. and he rolled her that character into his take on Avengers because she then was you know, partnered with Luke Cage mm-hmm. who is in business with Danny Rand the Iron Fist. Right. Yeah, there's and some... those are the other characters. Okay. Alright. Yeah, I just read some talk that they're thinking that Jessica Jones and Daredevil will make an appearance in the next Avengers movie that's slated for 2018. All, all four of them are rumored. The, the other Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Power Man and Iron Fist. Maybe. Iron Fist. <laughs> he's a kung fu hero. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's got the. He's strong with the fu. That put totally different images in my brain, and he, uh, I'm gonna just let them. He went to one of these Shangri-La places <laughs> and learned how to turn his fist into iron. That sounds painful. 
You just you just can't let it go, can you, Brian? No. You know that we're both dying to talk about the gay porno that's also called Iron Fist, right? Oh, I didn't even know there was one. There, I just if there, there wasn't, could there should be. One. I'm just saying there should be, and I'm probably going to go produce that now because it that's going to come out on Pornflix alongside the same launch. You're, you're hurting her soul, I think. Uh, that's good. That's what uh, I'm It's because I was holding in my laughter, <laughs> and Mike just granted me permission to let it out. Thank you. You Let it go. You don't want to burst your spleen or your soul. You want to be careful. Yeah, the soul's already a little damaged. So, so. You always got to be careful yeah. when you're getting iron fisted. That's right. So that's as the marvelization of the universe continues. Uh-huh. I perhaps it. they'll start producing their own porn. You never know. Hey, oh, like if they weren't owned by Disney, Disney just has to watch the branding. But there's always those dark offshoots, you know, Disney after dark, Iron <laughs> Fist production. I'm just saying, if I can make a recommendation, Wolverine and Storm, bring it on. That's all I'm saying. See, I'm telling you, she's going to be going and looking at the fanfic site. I'm going to be Googling as soon as things. It's over with. Don't I'm, look at my history. I, Don't I've judge me. I've been told, and, I, and I, <laughs> Don't judge me, monkey. I've only been told. I haven't checked this out myself. But mm-hmm. apparently the, uh, the porn parody business is huge oh yeah, yeah into superheroes yeah and i've heard it from a good number of fanboys who probably would be terrified to be looking at the porn um are at least sort of applauding the fact that costuming is more accurate in the porn parodies yeah actually they are <laughs> the costumes are far you know, yeah, there's no reinventing Storm, with, with Storm stage actually, finals. It's Storm just looks like Storm. Yeah. Right, because Storm could only be made out of spandex, and we didn't have a budget to go have a custom-designed rubber suit for that. Yeah. So spandex How is would, just like, entertain my thought for a second, Mystique, I mean, how do we do those angles Blue liquid and the close-ups? No, yeah, liquid latex. That's right on the edge right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't... Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I was watching. I'm, I'm just an answer guy. I'm just telling you. You ask me a question. I'm telling you how you do it. They just well, colorize her. No rubber involved. No latex involved. Every time Mystique did like an action move or a kick, all I was like, oh, "There's going to be some pink slipping out." Here. Oh, wouldn't that have been awesome? Yeah, yeah that would have been. I think there so was. was I think. Awful. I think she was wall to wall blue. It was crazy. Inside walls, outside walls, just wall to wall. Everything. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That that's intrusive. All right, so what's our next section? What do we got next? Well, we could we could uh, applaud television for getting into the whole superhero thing just as strong as movies. Flash oh. is uh, clicking along very nicely. Arrow, you mentioned. Yep, Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gotham. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's Agents starting to get ridiculous. Shield. Agent Carter, um, uh, the miniseries. All the branding. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the one bummer so far, Constantine. Um, is, uh, looks as if it will be canceled at least by NBC or, or a possible hiatus. The the you know and here's the here's the crappy part. Here's the here's where they're screwed up. Speaking of binge watching, because Constantine was huge in my list because I'm a huge Hellblazer fan. Um, I was really really looking forward to that, but I wasn't able to DVR the first one. So I'm like, oh, it's cool to be on Hulu, and I let too many weeks go by, and then I can only start in week six. That sucks. And I'm like, wait a second. Well, they you can't that. go all the way back to the beginning? No, that for, oh. for whatever reason, NBC has Constantine. And I'm like, hmm, let me give you guys a hint. If you will let us start from the beginning, we will watch this show. Um, only starting in episode six. I don't want to do that. I want to see episode one. Yeah. So I haven't watched any of them, and I was, I've been looking forward to that stupid thing since I heard they were making it. So I'm really hacked off about it, and hopefully once it comes out on Netflix... I mean, somebody else will pick it up or whatever they do. I'm sure it'll come up in some form. NBC is jacked every time they've done some sort of superhero um, kind of item. They, they really have not done well um, with them. 
So NBC, I was really into Heroes until that whole writer strike happened and then they kind of fell off with Heroes. That was a really good show and then there was this long hiatus and it just went away forever. I was uh, I was in one of my intermittent I'm not watching TV things at the time and you lucked out because it was a bad time for TV. Was that a uh, I mean how long was that show on about two know, seasons? Like two maybe? seasons, yeah. yeah. I think they tried. I don't know. Maybe they did a third season. I don't remember. I think it went into whatever it was where it stopped. There was only like two or three episodes of yeah. whatever season it was potentially. They got me all confused with these seasons now because they do like some episodes in the fall and some shows and they yeah. bring it back for the winter and that has me all screwed up. So it could have been that too. And they never got around to putting these guys in costume, right? No. No. No, no I think that's a, you know, that's kind of the thing is the um, costumes, um, you know, as we evolve through, um, you know, the, we, now the, now the tendency is to try and be more realistic um, with to, big quotes around realistic, right? But you know, make it more easily to translate to um, television and movies, um, and make it. Uh, I think partially to make it a little easier for <laughs> cosplayers because the more people you have dressing up as your character, the more popularity you have. Yeah. Um, so and, and you know we're moving away from uh, sexy girl time. Well, there's also an awful lot of resistance for years to a lot of these actors to wearing tights. Right. You know, I mean. Um, Hugh Jackman did not want to be a Wolverine in tights, um, you know. Even alluding to it in the first movie as a joke. Of as a joke, right. Yeah. I mean, but by that point, they were still trying to pitch it as something apart so that everybody wore black leather. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Daredevil does eventually wind up in a costume, although um, the costume is not substantially different than the Ben Affleck in that it looks like motorcycle garb with a mask. Yeah. 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 I think it keeps it a little more realistic and believable when it's not so costumey. Like, there's something that, I don't know, just the whole tights thing, I can't I can't get down with it. Like, Spider-Man and the spandex, maybe that's why I don't like Spider-Man or Superman that much, is something about the costumes throws me off and makes them less credible to me. Hmm. I want them to be... Well, you had to think about what they, what they did costumes for. Costumes were always had a reason. That's know? true. Uh, Wonder Woman looked the way she did because that would be something that, you know, a Greek athlete would, would wear if they weren't naked. Right. Um, you know, um, Spider-Man, Batman, um, you know, they rely on flexibility um, mm -hmm. and uh, acrobatics. So having a, a, a suit that is just nothing but movement yeah. um, was their concept. That makes sense because you wouldn't want to blow out your pants trying to kick someone in the face. Right, and you know now the Batman costume is much more you know rubber and armor and well and or leather or whatever. Right. Yeah. Although you know. the Affleck one that we saw in the uh, preview gets back to the uh, black over gray mm -hmm. look like. Yeah. And just like the Man of Steel, technically speaking, it's a costume, but they're using textures. Right. To suggest that these are made yeah. of other materials. It's less feminine looking, which I appreciate because they look like they're buff and I just want to hug. I have no idea how how prevalent circus acrobats were in the 30s. Like, where did Siegel and Schuster, when they Apparently invented Superman? Apparently there was a Superman, lot of them. <laughs> I was going to say, well, no, all you needed was Superman. And then everybody just followed that lead. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because even Batman was, give us another Superman. Yeah. But... You know, how much was this in the public consciousness that it was a go-to? You know, if you look back to Flash Gordon and the newspaper comic strips to the early 30s, 
he was wearing very di distinctly a, you know, a shirt with a sort of interplanetary logo, kind of a spaceman type thing. Mm -hmm. That was almost tights by way of circus acrobat, but mm -hmm. still, I'm not sure they ever applied as much logic. I'm sure that the original Wonder Woman creator was not thinking of Greek athletes. William no. Marsden? No, he was thinking he all might, kinds of stuff. He brown was thinking, brown cow. He was, he, he was thinking bondage and lie detectors. Yes. There you go. There you go. And that invisible jet thing, that just cracks me up because that's Wonder Woman showing her wedgie to the world. It's kind of Well, awesome. you know, back then when she was sitting in the invisible the seat in her... flying across the sky. <laughs> right. Sitting in her invisible plane <laughs> on her invisible pilot seat uh -huh. wearing her star-spangled panty girdle. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was pretty well covered for the time. Um, yeah. Well into the 60s, even, before they streamlined her into anything. And maybe that was, you know, Olympic style as opposed to ancient True. athletics. True. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's perhaps a subject that requires research and might be worth getting back to. But we all accept that as, as convention in, in comics now. And even the movies. Mm -hmm. when, you, when, when they give us red leather on Daredevil or... Or, or dark blue pebbled alien substance on Superman or a Man of Steel. It all started in one place, and mm -hmm. they're still following that lead. And I, I'm curious now. I'm going to have to fi figure out why. Maybe it's nothing more than circus acrobat. Or maybe mm. it's just trying or futuristic. to appeal to the familiarity that we already had with the established characters so that you know we align our thoughts with this is like not the normal human it's right but in the 1930s they had to invent that yeah it didn't exist and maybe on some level it was yeah. futuristic yeah. this is how people in the future will dress look at flash gordon yeah maybe that's that entirely possible sense. so we'll have to look into that where do these things come from and maybe it doesn't matter and maybe no one cares well, you know, silly enough, though, I, I, this is where I get cranky because I actually do care where Superman's costume comes from because the original, you know, where his costume came from was his baby blanket. Well, I didn't mean the origin of the material. Yeah, I know, but that's part of the fun to me. The you thinking. Know, for, for Superman, I think it was part of the fun that his costume was made by his, by his mother out of his baby <laughs> blankets because they're alien materials and didn't get affected by... Um, you know, the, they became the as they became as invulnerable as he. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, she had to have the thread cut by his by his, tricking baby baby Cal yeah. into using his heat vision to cut the threads and yeah. material. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. That's yes. that's 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 the coolness. Of, that's why it's so dang cool. It stretches the definition of coolness to the breaking point. But yes, it is very cool. Yeah, but I'm also interested as a creator into how did all of these things we take for granted get started? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I just Googled why does Superman wear tights? And the first result is why does Superman wear his underwear over his tights? <laughs> Which is the question eternal. Why, he wear his, his underwear right. on the outside. As and why does he need yeah. a belt for his tights? Well, maybe elastic wasn't as strong. You look at the Man of Steel and the answer to the belt question is pretty easy. You need a color break. Well, yeah, there you the, go. Yeah. There you go. You got to break it up a little bit. If it wasn't that, it'd have to be stripes or something. Or Who knew? Polka dots. That was before Versace's time, but it made so much sense. All right. See, there may not be a, a really good and, and interesting explanation, but there's lots of weird supposition. Good well, job. finally, I will mention that while Constantine goes away, another DC Vertigo character is uh, being aimed at the small screen as we speak. I think small screen. Yeah, the Preacher. Preacher. Yeah. Uh, starring uh, Dominic, I'm blanking on his name, but the fellow who's been playing 
Tony Stark's dad on uh, oh Agent uh, Agent, uh, Carter. Agent Carter and in the in the Captain America movie yeah. right yeah. nice yeah, who, despite his uh, his uh, uh, Stark uh, American accent is a Brit and uh, someone found a photograph of him from something where he's wearing you know the stubble and a, and a modern suit of clothing and he looks right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Preacher is a, a very interesting, not an all ages comic book. No. He looks kind of Mel Gibson y in some of these images. The actor? Yeah. Well, in the preacher in general. Um, he's got some skinny jeans on and there's a little. And his clerical shirt and a, and yeah. a blazer. Like that looks kind of like badass, uh, yeah. lethal weapon Mel Gibson to me. <laughs> like with the not quite a mullet, but a mullet. Type hair going without on. screening Jews, right? It's, it's not Before quite, a, not quite a mullet. I think it's more of a shag. Shag okay. somewhere between you know Farah and uh, and a mullet. Not quite redneck, but not quite Wall Street. Well, he's British, you know. Good times. Yeah. Governor. Hello, hello. How are you? There are any Pretty casting sure. agents out there? We're ready. Yeah, mm-hmm. apparently we're all ready for voiceover. For, for Downton so Abbey, come on I do want to do a voiceover really bad. I am uh, more into villains. For those of you that are thinking about hiring me, well, thank give you. us give us a little um, villain. Give us a little villain. Uh, all I have to do is channel my mom because well, one of my favorite moments hear. when I was a kid, we went to see a Little Mermaid, and this little kid ran up to her because my mom's a big lady like me because we bring Chunky back. This little kid looks at my mom. And he looks at his mom and he goes, Mama, it's the sea witch. My mom looks right at him and she goes, That's right, little boy. <laughs> it she, was amazing. And I'm she pretty peeled, sure he peeled him like a banana and ate him. Oh, yeah. It was pretty awesome. I know, just to do an abrupt and completely awkward transition segue, <laughs> uh, and by this I don't mean that two wheel thing that you can ride around on, like Paul Blart Mall Cop. That's dangerous. Or Job. Job? Yeah, Job uh, Bluth from oh. Arrested Development. Oh, okay. That's right. That's Crazy. right. Anyway, I know that you wanted to, uh, in a slight sequel to our uh, bullying and all that uh, conversation of the last uh, cast, um, you wanted to, to uh, bring up the Frank Cho um, Spider-Gwen thing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, everybody's heard and it's kind of been a little little time since this came out. Um, apparently, Robbie Rodriguez um, was asked... Who's the artist of the Spider-Gwen book? Yeah, artist of Spider-Gwen. Um, uh, Frank Cho did a, a sketch cover at a con and posted it up um, where um, it was a, a it was homage the, to the uh, Mila Monera, um, uh Spider-Woman. Right. Uh, post uh that everybody got so in arms up you know that's totally wrong and she's presenting herself and all these other things and um so basically squatting on a rooftop right squatting on a rooftop booty in the, <laughs> booty you know, in the air yeah as, as you know i i don't know why we put gargoyles up there that's a much better thing to drive around new york city Ooh, look ass um <laughs> you know that would, that would make me much happier for road Please. safety alone perhaps. Yeah, exactly because. and places to park your bike if you put them at street level Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so um, Frank did a Frank did a, a, a cover, and it was in, in kind of tribute to that. And they asked Robbie Rodriguez, the artist, um, what and, did he think of it? And, yeah. and he said, you know, 
um, you're you're messing with one of my kids, um, and you're lucky. You're you know you should you're, you should be lucky that you're never around me. Um, which or, or that you weren't around me when I saw this. I right. Yeah. So it, you know it was just one of those one of those moments where yet you, you have to go a, a couple of things. Um, a um, should you have access to Twitter at all times and access to to speak your mind? No one of not not one of us should have access to. Yeah. Well, because the story explains that. Because after that, Frank then um, saw this and decided to do another cover um, and then a third cover. Um, all in similar poses, and, and not only Frank, um, you know, J. Scott Campbell's chimed in, Rob Liefeld's chimed in. They weren't offering art, they were just... Yeah, just chiming their opinions. To, uh, uh, although Francesco did himself a little um, Harley to, um, to give his opinion about it, because Francesco obviously does a, a cheesecake pinup type, type style, um, you know, very, uh, very, uh, very lady part friendly. Um, so... Um, yeah, so a lot of people got upset and uh, kind of lost their minds. And, and really, it's it, for me, my, my, my complaints were <laughs> that's the dude's just doing his thing. You know, you, you, you don't need to threaten him. And it came as implied threat later on. He's like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't really threatening him that, you know, and it's like, I, what do you, it was something like, what I actually meant was he would have really heard it without the censoring. Right. Well, yeah. even so, a threat is a threat. And no, yeah. not, not acceptable. It's not the way to do it. You know, I mean, it's just. I mean, I appreciate the emotion, but again, like you say, say I all access to, uh, you know, I to Twitter, hate it. not I, so much. Yeah, I, I hate it. It's not what I think. I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's an over-sexualization. Say whatever fine. you want. But then, oh, you're lucky you're never around me. I'm like, dude, we're all at Comic Cons. It's not, if you really want to say something like that, it's easy to find any of us. Most of the folks, most of us who go to Comic-Con, you're not going to see much throwing down. Happening. Exactly. It's like, you know, you're going to see the just artists lining up behind tables, just slap fighting each other. Ah, you know, it's like, no, that's, 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 you know, and, but on the flip side of that, uh, would you threaten somebody like Greg Capullo? Cause you might actually get a, something upside your head from Greg. You know, I mean, no, Greg, Greg is a, yeah. One of the, one of those of, of the uh, creative community who is, in great shape. It wouldn't be a slap fight. No, no. <laughs> it will be. I will put you in the dirt. I got to be honest with you. His uh, his sort of Miami Vice era facial hair frightens me enough <laughs> to not want to go there. Anyway, I'm just. I want to know what happens when he takes the sunglasses off. Hmm. <laughs> every time I've seen him, he's wearing sunglasses. There, are, there are a few. You know, Mark Silvestri is about six six, and yep. you know, yeah. So, but that's but still, that's the exception. Mm-hmm. Um, like, can we all just get along though? If you don't no, like no, the can't. art, or if it's too much for you, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, then nobody can just channel. can no, be polite anymore. We're back to the yeah. beginning of the, of the of the cast where we talked about, you know, the Star Wars people had to enjoy their thing, and their enjoyment was even greater by putting down Batman versus Superman. Just, we don't get along. We've never gotten along. Should we get along? Absolutely. Well, just respect that somebody else is as passionate about their thing that you are about yours, and just uh, move on. Like I said last time, this isn't about what's being drawn. This isn't about what's being put in front of people. This isn't about what all what's alternative on covers or not. Uh, certainly, this isn't about what Frank Cho did as a sketch cover for someone, although he almost certainly provocatively intentionally provided. Oh, number two and three came out. Posting. Yeah. But he posted even that first one knowing full well that he was leading, you know, leading with his chin. And there's, you know, he's a comic artist. He's a freelance comic artist. Mm -hmm. He should be promoting himself. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest. Oh, yeah. That's it, Frank's brand. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You got to stay true to your brand. And Robbie, uh, feeling a little proprietary about a book he works on, uh, which again, back to the whole thing, like with the Batgirl cover, although not quite, it was it appropriate for the style of that book. Yes, but it, no, it was not. But at the same time, it wasn't an official cover. It was a sketch cover. I will it say was a one off. I will say my favorite response, it, it wasn't from um, any of those guys, although I think they all had valid points. Um, you know, I do enjoy, um, you know, uh, I, I enjoy old school lady pinups, you know, I mean, that's, that's, you I'm know. I'm sorry, let me translate that in English. You like? I like girls. Art. I like girls. Um, art, Hildebrandt. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it was interesting to watch those guys' response, but my favorite response was from a, um, uh, a young lady, somebody who was posting on some of the forums on Facebook. She's 16 years old and her dad's posting. Um, and she um, did a response where she drew Spider-Gwen in the same pose as Batgirl with, um, with um, the Green Goblin doing the same pose as Joker in the episode we talked about last week from Raphael's Albuquerque where he drew an orange smile on her face. And this is some 16-year-old girl's response to it. Yeah. Um, and it was, I'm like, well, that's, that's certainly a bold statement. It depends yeah. on, it depends uh, on the know. point she's trying to make. I mean, I, and I think the point was was made is like, oh, you could have been much more offensive. Like, do you like this one? You know, and that's kind of what you do is when you when you get all butt hurt and get your mouth out there and you show that I'm I'm mad about this. You're gonna just you're basically, hey, troll world, guess what? I'd like you all to pay attention to me today. Well, that's mm -hmm. that's the bottom line. That's the 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 ultimate point of contention is. Don't be offended by something I love because you're offended. Your offense offends me. Right. And I have the greater right to offend, to be offended rather. See, even I lost track of my point. There, uh, but yeah. It's really what they're fighting over is who gets to complain loudest and who, you know, hey, I, I got to complain. You got to complain. Now everybody shut up. I wish that were the case. Yeah. yeah. No, this, this will go on. He, he uh, Frank uh, Cho did the uh, a one woman piece, not exactly um in the same pose but definitely butt centric um <laughs> that should be a term but butt centric. if it isn't already a term and then, then you got to be pushed into the butt room that's the new name for the podcast let's let's see butt centric but but seriously <laughs> if we have a theme if we continue to have butts and every theme i'm gonna have to change it to the butt cast or something butt cast booty cast I like it <laughs> booty cast and 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 there there is that of course but frank did a a very funny Wonder Woman. Oh, it was hilarious. And it's um, talking about what are you doing? It's blowing up the internet. Or please well, no, go no, viral. No. Please go viral. <laughs> well, no, not that one. No, I'm talking about the one where she's just looking over her shoulder, uh, thinking, why does Frank Cho always drive me with such a big butt? Oh, okay. I, I miss Adam Hughes. He always gave me a nice skinny butt. Oh, I didn't see that one. That's yeah. nice. So, I mean, at least he's got a sense of humor about it, you know. And yeah. I mean, it's the guy who portrays himself and everything he's ever done as a chimpanzee. As a monkey boy. Yeah. That's what he calls himself. Nice. So he has a sense of humor about it. And he has, he would ha I would have to say, a, a sense of irony about himself. Because he is literally three and a half feet tall, I think. <laughs> I don't that know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. But he draws himself that way. Well, the funny, you know, when you, when you look at it, and you brought up a good point of the branding part, um, you know, uh, I, I follow a number of people on, on Facebook and things, and the... Um, um, Someone had just, uh, Vince Hernandez is, uh, you know, an editor at um, Avalon, or uh, is it Avalon? I think so. 
Uh, anyway, um, you know, he's uh, talking about, you know, reading someone's um, hater post to him, you know, uh, talking about the books that they put out and everything. Um, and um, I got my first I got my first troll the other well, day. Well, congratulations. I felt very excited, um, you know, because I put up a post that showed um, uh, some art from uh, Blood and Dust, um, you know, and you know, trying to promote the Kickstarter, which is still going on until May 14th. So please. And, and how is it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. We're um, a, a fifth of our way there. So we've uh, just broke the thousand dollar mark. We're trying to get to five. Um, so um, it's uh, still got uh, almost a month uh, left, but uh, we need everybody to go to Kickstarter and look for Blood and Dust and also go to uh, uh, NightshadeComics.com. Because we not only want you to break 5000 we want you to break the internet with this thing. Uh, you know, yes. I, I'm just going to put my ass out. That's, that's what I'll do. I'll break the internet with my butt. You Ew. might get it by threatening that. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Maybe that's the new Kickstarter put, idea. Put up the money or yeah. I will Xerox my behind. Uh, but the, 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 the point is, is that I put up my art uh, or my it's uh, Roy Allen Martinez that um, we put up his art that he's done for the book, which is, is absolutely amazing. Gorgeous. Um, and um, uh, one of our one of our characters in the book, the, the antagonist is a is a swamp creature. It's made up of the swamp that's, that's possessed. And um, so uh, we had some images of that, which is incredible work by Roy. It's so detailed. It's insane. And um, this person immediately puts up this thing. It's like, oh, this is a swamp thing ripoff. Cease and desist. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm not responding, but I'm kind of laughing. I'm like, oh, cool, my first troll. Um, and then the funny <laughs> thing is, is um, another indie creator I know, uh, Nathan Slack, who does a book um, uh, called, um, oh, I just spaced the name of his book, um, Age of Darkness, I believe. Um, but uh, he has a Patreon. Um, but, you know, we, we talk, he lives in England. He does a vampire book also, which is, which is what we do. Um, so, you know, we kind of dig each other's stuff. His is a historical thing, so it's pretty cool. And he posts all my things like, oh, you know, hey, um, you know, it's really not. It's a really cool vampire story. It's got a whole different kind of twist on it. And the, the dude's response was, this is a straight up ripoff. I am going to notify DC and they're going to they're going to get you. Um, and then to Nathan's response was, and eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> I Which I thought I'm like, that's classic. And my favorite thing is Nathan's response back to that is, no, you eat shit. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> That's about the perfect way that you just do this. Well, I think the only place to go after that is, I know you are, but what am I? I know, that's exactly. Right. I'm just like, oh my right. God. But I'm tickled. I'm like, that, that's, you know, hey, you got to be doing something to have somebody hate on you. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I just thought it was funny, but I think it's just the state of things is, is that, that people are just going to, they've got their opinion. They've got a, a way of saying it with the internet and Twitter and social media and everything. Remember when nobody had an ability to say anything? They actually had to sit down and write a letter. You yeah. had to be pissed off. To sit down and write a whole letter by hand and this send it to somebody. So if you got through that whole thing, you felt pretty justified. At this point, it's like, I hate you. You're stupid. Eat shit. Yeah. Now it's just a Same. mild annoyance. And more often than not, you had to sign yourself when you wrote that letter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was one of the things that they, uh, you know, when I started at D.C. in the late 80s. One of the things they taught us about letter columns was 90% of what you get will be negative because nobody is going to bother to write you about something that they enjoy. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, unless you blow them away, they'll, they'll write to you about how wonderful it is. But by and large, more people will have passion to write their complaint. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true for the internet too. I did some modeling and, you know, there was like a really positive post about, you know, how different women of different shapes, sizes, whatever, were brave enough to do that. And then like the majority of the stuff on the, 
list of comments was just all things like, hey, you're not my type of girl, so you should die. Yeah. Like, really? Then don't look, dude. Like, you have options. Oh, I... I Well, I don't think those guys actually do have options. Well, maybe that's why they're so upset. Yeah. They're one step away from an AK-47 and a rooftop. I follow this... Or just, you know, trying to find the key to get out of mom's basement. That, too. (laughs) But, you know, I follow this girl, uh, Vintage Doll. She's a model, and she posts a lot of positive things. By follow, do you mean stalk? Uh, well, if I were still in Oklahoma, probably, you know, okay. she, you know, <laughs> um, awesome. you know she's a, she's a pinup, um, model and everything. And she's super tiny. She's super, super petite. Um, mm-hmm. um, and that's just her body. I mean, she is, I mean, seriously, this girl is tiny. I, the doll name is, a, is real for her. Cause she is so tiny and people are all the time. Oh, you're so skinny. And you know, or you're too you're big, not a real woman. you know, you're not a real woman. You know, you're anorexic, you Photoshop. Yeah. It just looks like we're looking for ways to find people that are different from us, whether it be your opinion or, you know, what you find attractive or what you find interesting and just trying to smack around like you're on the playground throwing windmills at each other. Somebody, somebody responding to some of this stuff like Frank Cho and some of that other said, why is it that so much of this happens? Why these sorts of images have been around forever? Because there it's easier were, now. There were pulp covers where near naked women were running from right. you know mm-hmm. b- alien beings and yeah. you know blah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and the answer, of course, is the internet. Betty mm-hmm. Page started her career in the fifties. Well, and, and to an entirely different audience. But yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. to a similar audience, we did have pulps and we did have you know science fiction movie posters mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the person's contention was because all of that went on for years and didn't get complained about. It, it was there for it was okay. Right. We don't know who complained. Right. There just right. wasn't ready yeah, access. Exactly. Right. We don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they did. Yeah, we saw some uh, we saw some advertisements on uh, an antique show the other day that were um, showing a, a woman had messed up her husband's coffee and he had her over the knee spanking her. You know? <laughs> I saw and that. that. I've, I've seen that online. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like you know, and it was so funny because the 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 host though was like, oh, you know, these are really you know, and uh, these, these are really kind of offensive, and you know, I. You wouldn't see something like this today. And the person, exactly. And the the, person's but like, the more offensive it, it is, the better it sells. Right. That's well, right. this is just what it was. This on, is... We're talking about Antiques Roadshow or right, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. There mm-hmm. was somebody on there not long, you know, two years ago that I remember seeing was was an African-American collector of truly right. yes. offensive African-American stereotypes yeah. of the early 20th century. Yeah, you'd see blackface dolls. Blackface or... Even, you know, Aunt Jemima and uh, uh, Uncle Ben and people like that. Right. Yeah. Um, yes, offensive, but the person was explaining the, the the expert was also an African-American explaining that in a sense, turning them into sort of collectible things based on, you're liberating them from their original intent. Right. 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 You took them as art in its place, telling a mm-hmm. story yeah. about the inequality. Kind right. of like... The way women are trying to throw around the word bitch and use it to empower one another right, and the N-word right. in some cultures, you know. Much like. By making it something you hear more frequently. That you take it takes on for yourself, thing. right. Right. This is what we want to be called. Yeah. Right. Like the Quakers or the Shakers. Yeah. Hey. Well, uh, now I want oatmeal. Now that we've went through these stories and we've talked about it, and, and since Brian, you know, you know everybody at DC after working there in yeah. some capacity for 20-something years, so... Um, 
Are you going to turn me on in? Or are you going to turn me on? That would be awesome. But are you going to turn me in <laughs> for... Uh, if you for... still have to answer, ask the first question, then I'm, <laughs> then I'm failing. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I texted earlier. Okay, uh, good. To turn you in. Good, it's thank you. It's been nice knowing you, son. Yeah, well... And they said, they said uh, basically their response was, don't tell anyone, but there were characters in the 1940s who were swamp monsters, too. Oh, okay. There was so, a character called the Heap. Marvel, uh, Marvel, the Monster Years, the Kirby Ditko monster books in the yeah. late fifties. Yeah. Characters like called the Bog and things like that. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I, well, I know you got all the connections, but this dude's a troll on the internet. You I know, can't, sure I can't do anything about trolls. I'm sorry. And I'm sure he's got some button on DC's website. Would you like to report something stupid? He's Click got here. red I'm phone. Not, I'm not going to say that people won't, even people at DC in power, because I, you know, I remember that uh, there was somebody I knew who worked there at DC who used to drive around on the weekends trying to find comic shops that were using unauthorized pictures of DC characters or logos. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. He must have just had his head explode walking into a con. Oh, my gosh. Well, obviously, at a con, the company had a presence, and there was a lot less of that. I'm talking about this guy just went around looking for a place that was selling his product. That's crazy. Uh, not his product, our product. Right. He was a, a marketing dweeb. Um, <laughs> but he just sort of felt like it was his job to narc the, uh, to narc the, uh, the people who were using a picture of Superman to sell Superman comics in their store. Wow. And it was like, well, you know, if, you're, if you never go to the bathroom, as obviously this guy had a lot of free time because of that, mm-hmm. uh, you got to fill it somehow. Right. And, you know, narking guys who wear the same T-shirt five days in a row and sell your comic books. Seems like a, a, a sad, unfair way to waste your to waste wow. the yeah. owner's time. Wow! But you know that's how he got his. Uh, he got he got his, he got turned on turning in. Some people are just born to be tattletales, born to tattle. Yes. You know, right. there'll be a tattoo for it. If, if you're a whistleblower, you know that whole Norma Ray thing. That's good. No. Right? Yeah. Everything no, I mean, else, you know. you know, it's just narking. My mom told me that snitches get stitches exactly. and wind up in dishes. So mm-hmm. don't do it. But what she said was, snitches, snitches get stitches, stitches and wind kid. up in ditches. And wind up in ditches, so don't do that shit, kid. I'm actually pretty sure my wife and your, uh, my wife's mom and your mom probably hung out. They, my old lady and her old lady should get together sometime and go bowling, mm-hmm. as far as well, the breakfast have, club reference goes. We have to take her in the urn, but sure. Hey, my mom smoked <laughs> Just, enough can cigarettes. Can you get her a, a good round urn and yeah. they could bowl with her, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Bigger and McCracken, anyway, next so. generation. Nice. Good times. I think what we, uh, you, you started to mention uh, your buddy Nathan Slack. Yeah. Um, we might want to look in the near future to getting a couple of guests from the indie side of things. Um, Arizona, uh, here, here in the Valley of the Sun, the Phoenix area, we have this en- enormous creative community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Eric Mengel. I know Eric Mengel, a good friend of ours who does his Ocho book. I think he's coming up on his twenty-second year. Yeah, of doing that yeah, book. Yeah, Arizona's oldest, uh, oldest uh, um, independent creator. Independent comic, yeah. and pro- perhaps one of the longest-running uh, mini comics of all time. No, but Eric has been doing his big blue alien Ocho for a long, long time. And a nice positive book too. You know. Oh, and it's it's it, to me it's the perfect expression. It's not yeah. commercial. It's not not a bit. It's not tying into anything. It's him. It's a, it's an artist telling his story, yeah. his own way, completely free 
and, and family friendly. Oh, know? it's certainly very family. Because I'm the exact opposite. Mine is not family friendly. Um, Unless it's the Manson family. Yeah, Manson right. family friendly, I guess, is what mine is. But Eric yeah. is, is totally family friendly and, and a sweet book. Yeah. Well, he's a, you cool. know, he's a guy who's a, a dad of a couple of uh, sweet little little girls. And I don't know that when he started out, he was thinking someday my children will read these comics. But now they do. Mm-hmm. Now they help him sell the comics. Yeah. You see him at cons. Yeah. Um, but Eric is uh, one of many. This is a very, very fertile uh, <laughs> Fertile in very few other ways, as this is a desert, but uh, very fertile for creators. We have um, Ben Glendening, uh, who you may or may not know, is a got a long-running independent comic of his own called Tin Star Text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is also, I think, the premier um, trade. Uh, what do you call him? Sketch card yeah. guys. Yeah, he's a phenomenal sketch card artist. And he cool. and he does. I mean, he does major stuff. I mean, I don't know that he's that he's done. Um, much more than the Marvel stuff, but that alone has yeah. has, has kept him going. Um, we have a guy named Spencer Brinkerhoff who lives in this area, who was one of the major um, marketing conceptual conceptual artists for Star Wars for yeah. Lucasfilms, and yeah. he lives local. Yeah. And so, if you've seen dioramas and things like that, that's probably Spencer. It's really so many people here. We could literally just go on forever. The and we will get some of those folks in, or by phone, or something. Yeah. Uh, going back to Eric, he's got his Kickstarter, and that's the great thing about indie books, and, and especially the the kind of different things you do. Where Eric's books, um, his Kickstarter is two hundred bucks, um, you know, and and he's already exceeded that, and and because he makes he doesn't small. just write and draw it; he produces it, yeah. he prints it, he staples it. Yeah, and it's and it's all him, you know. For it's for literally, it's as close to folk art as we're going to see in this business. Yeah, and you know, Denny just finished his, um, you know, Denny. Uh, Den man, yeah, Den man. That's how I get it's too Italian on Denny uh, to, There you go, too Italian for me. But uh, and and Denny does great stuff. I'm, I got to finish uh, this weekend putting together my uh, profile for the uh, Arizona Creators uh, book that he puts out just because he wants to put it out. Um, and these guys do all these little books. Our, ours is a little different. Adam and I have a, 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 a writer or an artist and a colorist and a, and a, a letterer. We have to go the full route and, and outsource all this stuff. Um, but these guys just do it all themselves, and it's, well, it's I awesome. Think, I think that uh, Ben Glendening does work with colorists, and, and his yeah. is, uh, Tin Star Text is a very, I would say, high-end production. Yeah, very much so, yeah. It's um, a great book. Ryan Cody, another of our local guys, um, does all kinds of things, including breaking out into the bigs every now and again. Um, there's a book out now called Copperhead uh, being done by Scott Godleski, who's also a local. Yeah, that one's on image. And that's, that's an image book yeah, that's... With, uh, with a fairly, uh, a fairly big end, big, big time writer, artist, things like that. Yeah. I mean, writer, colorist, etc. So we have a terrific community and we should, uh, we should look into bringing some of those folks in. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, you know, when we're always talking in pop culture and everything, and there's always the big stuff, but you know, we really encourage people to go and, and find independent creators, your local people, people that, you know, are putting their heart and soul into their work. You know, yeah. some of them are trying to break into the big two or the, in an image and stuff. And some are doing it out of love and passion and doing it yeah, on their own. And all they want is, is people to, to dig their stuff that for me as a, as a creator, the, the best thing in the world for me is when, Someone comes up to my table or, or sees me at another show and it's like, when's the next one? Because yeah. I, I need that Just, next one. <laughs> and again, you gotta you gotta respect people who are out there putting it on the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, risking trolls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, putting yourself um, out to there to produce to produce their vision of what it should be. Uh, the the valley is also well equipped with comic shops. 
Well, yeah, comic shops, um, there's a few of them around. And, you know, if you're a cosplay person, you know, I have a friend that's an artist and who is an amazing costume designer. Um, but and they're as indie is, as you can be. They can't be sponsored by anybody. Right, That's out of pocket myself. Yeah, sure out of it. pocket. Yeah. He's got a workshop in his house. He's been making things since he was a teenager. He made my costumes in high school theater because I was too chunky to rent anything. Yeah. Um, but now he primarily makes things for drag queens. And a lot of the <laughs> stuff that he's created is like I've on the same stuff. level of like fabulous. what fabulous Lady Gaga is wearing and all oh. these things. So he works with female impersonators. But if you look at what he's made in the comic book world and all the nerd stuff that's out there, I would say that, you know, Mr. Fancy Pants costume design, Brian Linger, um, I think he could put together some amazing things we, for someone that is looking for cosplay. climate and otherwise. This is yeah. a very big area for cosplays at our shows mm-hmm. yeah. we have a lot of cosplayers who are local so yeah. they should look up he Mr. Puts his Mr. Heart Linger. And soul into everything that he does and he struggled for a long time and I just have immense respect from knowing him for anyone who's willing to put yeah. their life on the line just for something that they're that passionate about I'm going to I'm going to say uh, as we wrap that particular part of things uh, that if you walk into any comic shop no matter where you are hearing mm-hmm. this and say show me some of the local stuff yeah yeah. Most comic shops will go out of their way to carry yeah. at least a little bit of everything. Yeah, and if they don't, then, you know, ask mm-hmm. why not. Ask why you not. Know, I'm in here supporting Create you. Some I'm not demand. in Barnes & Noble, yeah. man. So why not, where's the local people? Or go support? find that next shop that will. But yeah. here yeah. in Arizona, in the Phoenix area, I can't think of a shop that doesn't have its local creators section. It's hard, yeah. believe it or not. I've actually had a hard time getting into a couple of them, um, you know, because sometimes it's it's it's, it's that whole swamp thing thing. Right. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I, what do I get? I got uh, Clint Eastwood and swamp thing is is what I hear all the time. <laughs> Both Clint things Eastwood. that I enjoy, so I don't <laughs> see what the big deal is. Well, very little crossover except for your Facebook page, apparently. Mm-hmm. So Clint Eastwood and swamp thing, not too much. <laughs> you know, you understand that even when they came up with swamp thing, Marvel at that same moment with no no timing uh, for anything other than happenstance created man thing. Yeah. Yeah. They were released within a couple of weeks of each yeah, other. Yeah. Uh, which led to my, my very favorite of all time comic title hmm. was when all of the Marvel books went to 25 cents for 60 pages. Giant sized man thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would read that book. You would be disappointed, but <laughs> going back to going back to alternate <laughs> titles, I'm pretty sure I've seen another magazine right. like that. Somewhere. That's right. It was all root. Yep. It was all root, if you know what I'm saying. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And I think on it's that note, oh man, root all the time. <laughs> Always bring the class. I love it. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I think I actually dragged us into the gutter that time. I, that means well, that see, my work here is exactly. done. I appreciate it. Working well. Nice work. You don't have to come all the way down into the depths of the gutter, but I appreciate your willingness to walk the line like Johnny Cash. There you go. Well, you know, he's a man in black and you're I'm a man wearing in bright green. Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's right. A Mountain Dew t-shirt. All right, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, For the BAMcast, this has been... Brian Augustine. Amanda Michaels. And Mike Martin. Thanks so much for joining us and catch us next time. And spread the word. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, share it around. We need more exposure and we need you guys to rate us on iTunes. So thanks so much and have a great day. Adios. Juices.